You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. For Panther fans who want to keep pounding. For the ones who want an inside look at the vault. This is, this, this, this is views is from Midstream. Now. Here's your host, Lonzo Wrightsell and Rob Brown. Ladies, gentlemen, boys, girls, children of all ages, welcome in to another exciting, exhilarating, dare I say titillating edition of the Views from Mitch Street podcast. Your home for Carolina Panther football talk is right here on Views from Mitch Street. Howdy, y'all. It feels much better to be broadcasting the midweek edition after a W. I would like to continue this. Please and thank you. My name is Rob Brown, host of the Rob Brown Show in Greenville, South Carolina. Welcome in. Glad to have you guys, of course, alongside me as always, although it's metaphorical because he's on the other side of the upstate today on vacation, but showing up anyway, ladies and champion, playing uh, like a champion today. The great one, Lonzo Reitzel, is here as well. What up, Zoe? Riding that high after a victory, man, it is so cool to still think about the fact that they beat the Saints. Panthers beat the Saints. Looking forward to this week in Arizona. Yes, indeed. Uh, In the Zona is the title of this podcast because coming up on the Cardinals this week, and it's it's kind of interesting. Uh, It's kind of interesting to look at the Arizona Cardinals right now. And and obviously we'll get a little bit deeper into the X's and O's of the one and two uh, Cardinals, a team that fell to the Chiefs in a big way, 44-21 to open the year, did get a roadie at the Raiders, took the dub away from Carr and Co., but then dropped one at home against their divisional rivals, the LA Rams. Not as bad as the numbers might indicate, but it feels good, though, to start off with this take. How about this when it comes to the Arizona Cardinals? We have played the Cardinals seven times dating back to last year. The Arizona Cardinals have lost all of those to the Carolina Panthers going back to last year's 34-10 to win in the regular season. That, of course, was the moment, Zoe, that I think we all looked and went, hmm, maybe this Carolina team is okay. You go back to October 4th of 2020, a 31-21 regular season win. You go back to September 22nd of 2019, we played the Cardinals, a 38-20 regular season win. You go back to October 30th of 2016, a 30-20 to 20 win over the Cardinals. You go back to January 24th of 2016, and that's when we beat the Arizona Cardinals 49-15 in the playoffs. Did the same thing 
on January 3rd of 2015 when we knocked off the Cardinals 27-16, also a playoff appearance. The good news, if you are like me and pay super close attention to trends, the trend is that for whatever reason, the Carolina Panthers have owned the Arizona Cardinals as of late. Which is an awesome thing, but it also brings about a concern. The Panthers need to score some touchdowns. You know, on all those scores that you pointed out, those are pretty high-scoring games for the Panthers. They haven't really done that yet this year, so they would have to do that for the first time this year. Are they capable? Definitely. But it's going to be a necessity. Yes, and 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 offense is the direction that we are going to start with. We're going to get into the defense, specifically J.C. Horn, coming up a little bit later on in the broadcast because I think there's a lot that needs to be said about the performance of that young man. But there are two things on the offensive side of the ball that I wanted to talk about, and I will start with a tweet sent out from John Ellis of One Panther Place. You can find him on social media at One Panther Place. Here's let me let me read you the tweet that he sent out and I want to get Lonzo's reaction to it and I would be curious as to the reaction that you dear listener have from this tweet as well because I have seen it on the social media rounds kicking up a little controversy amongst Panther fans. John Ellis said, "Quote I know it's easy to pile on Mayfield right now, but I'm watching the offensive tape. And in terms of the passing game, it's not all on him. I'm not calling out any particular receivers. I'm not putting it all on the coordinator. Just saying it's not all on the quarterback. What's your response to that, Zoe? Well, first of all, I saw Matt Rule doing his press conference, and he kind of alluded to that to a certain degree. He said he didn't want to put everything on one person that everyone needed to work together. Uh, the first two games, I would I'd definitely be on board with that statement. This last game, though, when you're missing by the amount that you're missing, uh, that's a problem. And it could be just a matter of wrong ri- routes, throwing to a point and not to a person, and the person ain't at that point. So that could be a possibility. The other thing that Matt Rule talked about is something that you and I talked about on the last podcast was the fact that Baker didn't make any bad throws as far as going to the other team, that he realized when someone wasn't open, he didn't try to force the ball and end up causing a turnover. So I think I think there's blame to go around, and Baker took it all on himself and said, hey, this is all on me. I've got to do better. Um, it, it wasn't the best game for me, but, you know, the team picked me up and, and, and all the stuff that he needed to say. So it probably is a combination of a lot of that, but I still think Baker had a bad game. Yeah, no, I do too. I do too. I, I I would agree with John Ellis, and I would agree with you that it is not all on Baker Mayfield. There are some issues, and we're going to get into those here in just a moment from now. It is not all on Baker Mayfield. I agree with that entirely. But it's a lot on Baker Mayfield, right? Like, at the end of the day, if the routes are bad, and, and I've had this conversation with ex-quarterbacks, I've had this conversation with QB coaches in years gone by, about because quarterbacks very frequently don't like to take blame. For instance, when a wide receiver uh, changes up his route, runs an alternate route based on the coverage he sees, especially in a quick throw situation, 
and the quarterback throws to where the ball would have needed to go had he ran the original route and not switched the route up. Quarterbacks don't like to take the heat for that. Quarter likes uh, quarterbacks like to be able to say if that guy runs the correct route, if that if that guy agrees and, and runs the route that was called, it's going to be a better opportunity for a completion. But a lot of what Baker has been doing is not necessarily entirely scripted plays. There is a little bit of mixing it up, of trying to create, trying to make something happen. And in that case, you know, when you get outside the pocket and you're extending plays because you're getting chased down, at that point, there is no script. It is it is, it is, is you and the receiver. And how many rollouts did we see Baker just miss guys, right? Like it wasn't an insignificant number. There were a number of them. I will give Baker Mayfield credit for one thing. The dude has been acting, talking like a very mature quarterback really since he arrived in Carolina, right? Like Lonzo and I were recording our uh, our, our own show when Bake showed up in Charlotte right before training camp. And we made the point that Baker's introductory press conference, which he did over Zoom because he was still in uh, in Cleveland, when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply was really professional, right? Like he had on the suit and tie was really professional when he showed up in Charlotte and started talking to media members. He was really professional, really buttoned down after the L's so far this year. Heck after the only W this year, Baker has been polished. He's been composed. He's been a pro. He hasn't been trying to deflect responsibility. In fact, Lonzo, I think he's probably been taking more responsibility for the struggles of the offense onto his own shoulders than he should at the end of the day. So I got a lot of respect for Bake, and there's a lot of this that does not go on Baker Mayfield, but we would be lying if we said that there wasn't a lot of it that does go on Baker Mayfield. Oh, for sure. And again, he's taken he's taken responsibility for a bad game. I, I, the first two games, he had some bad series, but it wasn't entirely a bad game. This last game, it was a pretty bad game. But at the same time, he hit some receivers. Those receivers made big plays after the catch, and the Panthers won the game. So if you can come out and knowing that you had a bad game, but your team still won anyway, that's it. That's good in a way because that means you know if one uh, aspect of the game is lacking, the rest of the team is good enough to pick that part up, and that's what it seemed like happened Sunday. So and Baker's not going to come out and have another game like that. He absolutely is not. It wouldn't shock me if he doesn't come out uh, this Sunday and have his best game yet. I would hope so. I mean, I, it, this is one of those things that I feel like outside of I outside of I really want to see him perform better. I don't really have a reason to believe that he will until he does. But in a spot like that. This is the spot, and 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 again, I, I get that John Ellis, who has got a relatively deep social media following on Twitter and all that, 
I get that he doesn't want to necessarily name names. He doesn't necessarily want to go out there and, and put anybody uh, on blast as he doesn't want to end up losing the contacts that he might have within that program. So I, I understand why he wouldn't want to say any of that, but I am going to say that I think he's got a point. I think he's got a good call. I think that there have been some stuff that needs to get fixed up. I think that uh, you do have a little bit of an issue with timing. I do think you have a little bit of an issue with correct route running. I do think you have a little bit of an issue uh, with improv. One thing that I, I do want to say is that I have seen a number of spots, Lonzo, where a play looks like it has broken down, right? Like it looks like a play has broken down. It looks like a play has kind of been shortened up. And then you'll look down the field and you find yourself in a spot where receivers aren't making stuff up and they kind of start jogging. They kind of start pulling off of the play. They kind of stop attacking. And once they do, uh, Baker really runs out of options because everybody is covered up at that point. That is a point where effort starts to come into play. We gave a lot of props and the reaction pod that dropped earlier this week to the offense, to, to Robbie and DJ, we gave a lot of props to them for obviously having their coaches back and delivering the game ball after that. But giving up on plays when Baker finds himself in trouble is a really good way to erase all that goodwill, and I can't see it anymore. Which makes you wonder, I mean, what's the rapport like with him and, and the receivers that are there? Uh when, when they're on, they're on, but when they're not, it looks like it did yesterday. And you get a guy like Chenault who comes in and gets big plays. If you got a guy and there's a connection between quarterback and receiver, suddenly that guy starts playing a lot more. So it wouldn't shock me to see him in more come this Sunday. And the other guys need to look out and maybe they need to put a little more effort into it. Because you pointed out, when, when you have to improv, you look at teams like Kansas City. Those guys know that their quarterback is going to run around and they're going to find a way to be open. Um, all, all the good teams with the good quarterbacks, that's how that happens. The winning quarterbacks, the winning teams, they don't quit until the whistle blows. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. And we're going to keep looking at the offense for a while. I am, uh, I'm, I'm interested to see what comes out of this next. There is one more thing that I wanted to mention because I, I saw a lot of folks on the Google machine, on the Twitter box and on the Facebook spaces uh, all week long so far that are asking the question, why is DJ Moore not getting more targets, right? Like why is he not getting more targets so far through three games? DJ Moore is averaging exactly six targets per game. He's got 18 so far. He got six against new Orleans Problem is, he got one catch out of those six targets. Some of them were just bad throws, and they barely qualify as the word target. So it's really more the ball got thrown in his direction six times. About three of them would be considered quality targets. One of them turns into a catch. So is there a way that DJ Moore can, or maybe more importantly, should be worked in the offense to try to blow this thing wide open? All right, here's the problem with D.J. Moore, and it's not really a problem. When you think of the Carolina Panthers, he's the number one receiver for the team. So, of course, he's going to be the guy that the defense keys on when he comes out, out, of, the, uh, 
out of his routes. They're gonna, he's gonna get double teamed. He's going to be, they're gonna be focusing on him. That's just something he's got to deal with, something that he's got to get open more with or with all the focus on him. And I think he will. It's just, it's just a matter, it's still a matter of timing. This is a first year quarterback with these guys. It's not his first year playing, but it's his first. Uh, he didn't get a full training camp with them. Uh, he's starting to uh, you get limited practices during the week now. So it's just a, a matter of time. It's going to take a few more games. It just is. I uh, I would like to see them try to scheme DJ more open, right? Like at the end of the day, you'd like to have a guy in DJ that is physical enough to be able to get himself open. You'd like to have a guy in DJ that is powerful enough to get himself open. He goes six foot and what six foot two ten or so they got him listed as. So he's probably more in the neighborhood of six foot two Oh five. He's not the most intimidating guy out there. I'm not talking just about bullying his way open. I'm talking about having some alternating routes, right? Maybe occasionally throw Anderson on the same side of the field. Give DJ an opportunity to succeed where he made his money in the first place, which is across the middle of the field. I, I, I think that because there is so much rolling protection to try to get Baker comfortable back there, what's ending up happening is DJ Moore is, is, is spending a lot of time running outs and verticals. I want to see DJ schemed across the middle of the four, especially when you've got Ian Thomas, the, 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 the tight end, who the last couple of games, though he did have a bad drop against New Orleans, the games before that, uh, including that big 50-yarder against New York, or was it Cleveland, he has showed himself to be an excellent seam route runner. Utilize that to open DJ Moore, because I'm going to tell you, uh, six targets, three quality, one catch is not good enough for DJ you know. Moore. And part of it's on DJ, but part of it's on the offensive coordinator for not putting DJ on the best parts of the field. See, that was going to be my 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 point there, is Ben McAdoo is also new with these guys. And he's got to figure them out. He's got to figure out the best way to, to utilize the weapons that he has. And he hasn't done that yet. 